Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are ready for some NFL football as we break down everything going on. I will give you six. The Outkick six-pack of winners also. Go read American Playbook. I'm going to talk about, I don't know how many words it is, probably a five or 10,000 word piece from me. Uh, that is up on OutKick about the battle between ESPN and Charter. Uh, and I'm going to have to finish shortly here because I am going to go watch my seventh grader in his seventh grade football game, uh, which happens every single Thursday during football season. Uh, so we got a lot to run into, but let me start right off the top here. The Detroit Lions who I believe have won one playoff game since the 1950s, I believe I'm correct in that, are going on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, all of the success that Mahomes has brought to bear, including two Super Bowls already at the age of, I think, like 27 years old. Jared Goff got hot late in the season. Things started to go the Lions' way. This could be a huge disaster, but for the opening of the NFL season, drumroll please, I am taking the Detroit Lions plus four and a half points. I think there may be some issue with the health of Travis Kelsey, who of course In my super high-end fantasy football league, I drafted number four overall. Almost immediately, he has a health-related concern. Welcome to my life. I am taking the Lions plus four and a half for the opening Thursday night football game of the year at the Chiefs. So I am diving all in right now. Lions, Chiefs, plus four and a half opening Thursday night football game. Also, tap the veins. The Outkick six-pack. Every single Thursday, all year long, I will give you my favorite six NFL picks. We have done this for years. We have tended to do fairly well. You get my college football picks. There are 14 of them up on uh, line right now. I'll talk about it tomorrow. But you also get my uh, Outkick six-pack every single Thursday. Lions plus four and a half tonight against the Chiefs. Bengals minus two and a half at the Browns. I got the Vikings minus five and a half against the Bucks. The Bears minus one and a half against the Packers. The Cowboys at the Giants plus three and a half. And Monday Night Football, Bills at the Jets over 45 and a half. That is... The Outkick six-pack, it should be up as a written article from yours truly on Outkick if you missed it. Lions, Bengals, Vikings, Bears, Giants against the spread, and the over 45.5 in the Bills-Giants game. All right, we got a bunch of stories now. That is the NFL picks. Uh, My Super Bowl pick, by the way, and I want to apologize to both teams in advance for my choice here. I've got the Vikings. Yes, Kirk Cousins' team 
I've got the Vikings going to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Vikings are my NFC champ, and the Kansas City Chiefs are my AFC champ. There you go. Write it down. Get your bets in. That is where I am headed. Uh, Okay, so uh, several different things that are going on that I think are very important right now. But I think the biggest story in all of media, not just sports media, is the battle between ESPN slash Disney and Charter Communications. I would encourage all of you to go read my, again, it might be 10,000 words. It's a super long-form piece that I wrote yesterday uh, that went up this morning. I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's up on the front page of OutKick right now. Go to OutKick.com. You can go to my page, at Clay Travis, on Twitter. Go read this long-form piece. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit right now as well. Uh, and in particular, as we uh, as we break down everything that's going on here, I believe the cable and satellite bin, uh, bundle is under a direct and serious threat. The single greatest, I would argue, business in the history of media is the cable-satellite bundle. Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, If you still have a cable and satellite subscription, oh, by the way, I've still got it. I still have Comcast. I still got my Comcast remote right here. If you had a cable and satellite bundle, over basically the last 35 or 40 years, you were able to pay, again, this is ballpark, roughly $100, $150 a year, and you were able to get access to every sporting event on the planet. You were able to watch games on ESPN, ESPN2, FS1, NBC Sports. Uh, you were able to watch the Big Ten Network, the SEC Network. You were able to watch ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, all of those channels. One remote control, you were probably able to watch every sport. The cable and satellite bundle was the single greatest uh, buy, the single greatest bargain for sports fans everywhere. And the business in 2014, nine years ago, hit its absolute apex. Right at 100 million households were subscribed to the cable and satellite bundle. And you didn't realize it, probably, because you probably didn't pay a lot of attention to the business, but you paid a cost for every single channel. If you watched Mad Men on AMC, if you watched uh, the SEC on uh, ESPN, if you watch the Big Ten on FS1, every channel, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all of them had an individual cost. And the single most expensive channel on all of cable was ESPN. And ESPN was making billions of dollars a year, and they took all of the money that they made and they rolled it into buying the biggest and best possible sports rights that they could afford. They own the college football playoff. They own Monday Night Football now. A lot of NBA games, Major League Baseball, NHL. 
ESPN has committed over $45 billion in sports rights. They took all of your money that you spent on cable and they rolled it in to buy the best possible rights that they could. Okay? This is important to think about in the larger context. The problem is, in 2014, all of a sudden, the bundle began to fray. Millions of people slowly begin to say, I'm not going to pay for cable anymore. Why did they do that? Because simultaneously, Netflix was rising in power. And in 2014, Netflix debuted the second season of House of Cards. Frank Underwood, if you watched it, the South Carolina politician devious. Incredibly devious. Uh, potentially, probably fair to say, sociopathic in nature. Uh, politician. Became captivating for Netflix audiences. Prior to House of Cards, Netflix only licensed other uh, entities their old programming. After House of Cards, Netflix started to spend billions of dollars in creating their own original content. So you have 100 million cable of satellites, uh, cable and satellite subscribers, and you simultaneously have Netflix rising and starting to create their own original content. As we said a month ago, the cable and satellite bundle had moved from seven from 100 million subscriber, subscribers to 70 million. 100 million to 70 million. 30 million cable and satellite subscribers cut the cord. They moved on. And then a couple of weeks ago, a cataclysmic event occurred for ESPN's business. Charter Communications said, we're no longer going to carry ESPN or any of the Disney cable channels. 55 million is the new number because 15 million people suddenly don't have charter uh, ESPN coverage. And ESPN, for those of you out there who remember the rise of ESPN, over its decades of existence, has gotten used to having cable and satellite bundles battles. And what they will say is, okay, if you don't cover us, we're going to tell everyone to let you have it, to call you, to demand ESPN, to demand the SEC network, to demand ESPN to all of them, they have gotten used to winning the battles and already making more money. Always they win. Charter called their bluff here. Charter looked at the way this story is laying out. They said, wait a minute. Bob Iger, the CEO of ESPN, uh, CEO of Disney, which owns ESPN, has been pretty straightforward in saying that eventually ESPN is going to go direct to consumer. But in the meantime, they're trying to make as much money off of us as they possibly can. And Charter said, wait a minute, let's look at our business. We actually make more money off of the internet, off of broadband, than we do actually in the cable business. So Charter did something remarkable. They said, okay, go ahead and switch. Go sign up for YouTube TV. Go sign up for FUBU. We don't care. We don't really want to be in the cable and satellite business anymore. It's not that profitable profitable for us. And they called a bluff for ESPN. 
They said to ESPN, okay, go ahead, try and direct all your anger at us. We don't care. And they stopped allowing people to watch ESPN on the Thursday when the Florida Gators were scheduled to play against the Utah Utes. And then that was week one. They also did it then running all the way into week one. They went directly after ESPN for college football's opening weekend. And it appears that they're no closer to entering into an agreement because Monday night, we've got the Jets going up against the Bills in Monday night football, which is a seismic game. Charter called ESPN's bluff. And from a business perspective, all of a sudden ESPN in 2014 has gone from 100 million cable and satellite subscribers all the way to 55 million. What's going on here? The bluff has been called. ESPN isn't ready to go direct to consumer because they know that the math, and again, I encourage you to go read the article, they know that the math doesn't add up to be able to replicate the money that they make off cable and satellite subscribers now through a streaming service. And what they've tried to argue, what Disney has tried to argue, what Bob Iger has tried to argue is, well, ESPN and the cable and satellite bundle may be trending downwards, but at the last possible moment, we're going to step off this sinking ship and we're going to step onto the new streaming service. And that new streaming service is going to be a rising tide. It's going to be a great business. The problem is not true. What's actually gone on, and this is writ large for all of cable, what's actually gone on is the cable and satellite bundle is collapsing. And it's collapsing because Disney, CBS, NBC, Comcast, Paramount, Peacock, all of these big media companies got afraid of Netflix and they decided to destroy the cable and satellite business while going after the streaming business. You know how much Disney has lost so far with Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus? $11 billion. I am not a business expert, but whenever you start needing to make $11 billion and $1 to get to actually making a profit, you're in a dangerous position. So Disney took a really good business, that is the cable and satellite bundle, and they destroyed it by going after the streaming audience. Now, what's the analogy here? And again, I would encourage you to go read it, but I'm kind of giving you a synopsis here by talking through it. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Disney is in the business of owning content forever. That's what they did when they bought Pixar, when they bought Star Wars, when they bought Indiana Jones, when they bought Marvel, when they have created all these different movies, especially animated movies. As I said in the article, your kids and grandkids will probably know who Darth Vader is. They'll probably watch the Star Wars movie. They probably will know who Thanos is. They will watch the Avengers movies. But as you look at that, the Disney model, 
isn't reflected in the ESPN business. Because ESPN is just in the business of renting games from leagues. And if ESPN doesn't pay the most money, well then, those leagues will go to someone else. And what you look at now is, given the fact that ESPN is on the hook for tens of billions of dollars, they're blockbuster video. And if you think about it, the analogy makes pretty good sense. Because what did Blockbuster Video do? For those of you who are old enough to remember, Blockbuster Video just took the movies that other people rented and they put it inside of your store. You went to the store, you grabbed those movies, you brought them home, you put them either on VHS or later on DVD, and you watched, hopefully, the movie that you wanted to see. But then Netflix arose, they started streaming, And people say, why do I need to go to the actual video store? Why do I need to go to Blockbuster Video at all and Blockbuster cease to exist? Here's the challenge. Most places, if they had a Blockbuster Video store, they just replaced it with a new store. The grocery store didn't go bankrupt. The gas station didn't go bankrupt. The Subway franchise next to Blockbuster didn't go bankrupt. They just found another entity to rent that physical location when Blockbuster went video. By the way, I think there's went went bankrupt. I think there's still one Blockbuster video all the way out on the West Coast, maybe in Washington State, if I'm not mistaken, and it's now a tourist attraction. ESPN has the same business model as Blockbuster. They rent other people's content and are a middleman to make money off of it. But, and this is key, ESPN is actually something more than Blockbuster 2. The better analogy when you consider ESPN in the context of the cable and satellite bundle is they are an anchor tenant inside of a shopping mall. And I had this sudden revelation walking through my old mall recently. When I was a kid, I used to work at Rivergate Mall in Goodlettsville, Tennessee. I worked in uh, the uh, American Eagle store there as a teenager. Side note, one of the best jobs I've ever had. Pretty girls walking in all day long. I'm 16, 17, 18 years old. Always have an excuse to walk up and talk to any pretty girl that walks into the store. It was a tough job to beat. I made $4.50 an hour. That's my real salary uh, back in 1995 or 1996. One of the most fun jobs I ever had. Lots of cute girls worked in the store alongside of me. It was tough to beat. All right, $4.50 an hour. If I worked a full eight-hour day, I would make like $26 after taxes. I mean, this is real. So, Think about how crazy that is, by the way. Eight hours, $4.50 an hour. Yeah, I was literally making like $26 for a full day's work. Um, Rivergate Mall is basically done. Many of the big stores have left. The Sears, the Dillards, the Macy's. We may have had a Macy's. I can't even remember it. All the anchor stores are starting to leave. And you may well have seen this at so many of the malls that you grew up going to in your neighborhood that are failing because a lot of shopping malls are. When the anchor tenant leaves, the rest of the mall starts to collapse. Sports 
is the anchor tenant of the cable and satellite bundle. As soon as you can no longer get most of the games with a cable and satellite subscription, then the overall cable and satellite bundle is going to accelerate its collapse. News and sports are what is holding this together. So not only, in my opinion, is ESPN Blockbuster Video, they also are the anchor tenant in a mall. And as I walked through that mall and looked around and saw that this mall was collapsing, as many of the malls that I grew up going to all over the Nashville area have collapsed, it occurred to me that that is exactly what's going on with the cable and satellite industry. And this is ominous because what's going to happen is the greatest business model in the history of media, that is the most lucrative model ever, the most profitable model ever, the cable and satellite bundle is all collapsing. And if it collapses, sports is severely threatened. But so are all of the other channels that may have nothing at all to do with sports. They're all going to collapse. ESPN may well go bankrupt, which is why I don't see any reason why anybody out there would buy ESPN. The only logical reason to buy ESPN is because you believe that you must have the rights that they have right now. Because if you just wait five or ten years, you can buy those rights yourself if you're Apple or you're Amazon or you're Netflix or you're any other company out there that's the big tech company in streaming whose business isn't collapsing. I just don't buy that ESPN has much of a value at all. I understand why Disney wants to sell it. It doesn't fit the company. I just don't understand why anybody would buy it. And this is very, very important. I also don't understand how ESPN, given the collapsing nature of their business, is going to be able to, fo uh, to afford billions of dollars for the NBA or billions of dollars for an expanded college football playoff. They're already starting to hemorrhage cash. They already owe tens of billions of dollars in future fixed-cost payments. We've already seen all the regional sports networks go bankrupt. Why wouldn't ESPN be next? I haven't seen a compelling argument why they won't. And that is why I would encourage all of you to go read this article. It's not just about ESPN collapsing. It's about the entirety of the cable and satellite bundle and the danger that that presents to ESPN going forward. I believe that, yeah, that Disney has actually, during the course of today, went below $80 a share. The lowest it has been since, and I'm looking right now live with all of you, since February of 2014. Disney stock is now lower priced than it was almost 10 years ago. Continuing to set new lows went below $80 a share today. This is a calamity. And you need to understand what exactly is going on here because it is seismic in terms of its overall importance.
So I'd encourage all of you to go read that. All right, uh, last thing I want to talk about, there is a new CNN poll that came out this morning. It showed Donald Trump up 47 to 46 on Joe Biden. Nikki Haley was up six points on Joe Biden, which was the most of any Republican candidate. Uh, Joe Biden had only a 39% approval rating out there. And I believe I have got a couple of data points here. Uh, This is from CNN. Voters age 18 to 34 pick Biden 55 to 38. Uh, Voters 65 plus pick Biden 47 to 36. So voters 34 and younger and 65 and older pick Joe Biden in a hypothetical Trump versus Biden matchup. I thought this was super fascinating. Voters 35 to 64 pick Trump by double digits. So Biden has the young and Biden has the old, but people who are 35 to 64 vote for Trump by double digits. Uh, I thought that was super intriguing. Um, And here's a couple of other points out there. This is alarming for Joe Biden. The data is, frankly, disastrous for Biden as you go forward. Now, I want to hit you with a couple of more quotes here uh, because I do think these quotes are uh, are very important. Um, When you look at this, by the way, congratulations to Charlie Arnault. Outkick uh, the morning launched this morning. She is going to do an incredible job. Uh, 61% of the CNN poll says Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's business dealings, contrary to Joe Biden's claims, and 42% say Joe Biden engaged in illegal acts. Slowly, the truth is becoming known as everybody at even CNN, 61% say Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's business dealings, 42% say Biden engaged in illegal acts. Um, And a couple of other things here that I think are significant, and this is disastrous for Trump. Biden's approval rating is just 39%, only 74% for Democrats, which is very low. 58% of voters say Biden's policies are worsening the economy, and 67% of Democrats want a different candidate. 67% of Democrats want somebody other than Joe Biden. 58% say Biden's making the economy worse. And only 26% of voters think that Biden is physically and mentally capable of being president of the United States. So if it ends up being Joe Biden against Donald Trump, and it may well end up being that matchup, I think what the election is going to come down to, and by the way, we're 14 months out, right? So we're still 14 months away from the election. Lots of things can happen. But I think what the election is going to come down to is Joe Biden's physical and mental incompetence versus the felony charges against Trump. And I think voters right now are saying, The Trump felony charges are a serious story, but Joe Biden's physical and mental incompetence is a bigger story. 
than the felony charges are. Right now, if I were projecting and Trump and Biden end up the two nominees, the question is going to be, which do voters find more compelling as a reason to cast a ballot? Biden's physical and mental incompetence or Trump's felony charges? I think it's going to be Biden's physical and mental incompetence, which is why I still find it hard to believe that Democrats are actually going to run uh, Joe Biden as presidential nominee in 2024. Okay, Uh, one last thing, by the way. The University of Michigan is recommending that any student that tests positive for COVID isolate him or herself for five days. Senator J.D. Vance tried to pass a law uh, saying that you can't mandate masks. It failed. Are we really going to go back to college kids, and would that include college athletes, isolating themselves for five days if they happen to test positive for COVID? The reason why you have to fight against all of this insanity is because there have been no consequences for everyone getting everything wrong for COVID. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, this has been Outkick, the show.